Hi, I'm Jason Wacob, founder and co-CEO of MindBuddyGreen and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please consider giving us a five-star review and comment. And don't forget to visit us at mindbuddygreen.com for your daily dose of wellness and make sure to check out all of our great offerings, including our online classes and trainings. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. Today's podcast is part of our special Revitalize series. Revitalize is our biggest event of the year where we gather over 200 thought leaders for a weekend of community and conversation about the biggest, most important wellness topics of our time. This year, the insights we learned on the Revitalize main stage were too good not to share, so we're broadcasting them all in this special podcast series. Be sure to stay tuned until the end of the podcast so you can hear all the experts answer questions from the live studio audience we had at Revitalize. Enjoy. So next up, we have a man who truly needs no introduction, a spiritual icon who's the author of more than 86 books, including 26 New York Times bestsellers. I don't think anyone can beat that here. His life's work has been around consciousness and connection, work we desperately need, especially now. According to Harvard Business Review, 40% of adults in America report feeling lonely, and research shows that loneliness can make us up to 50% more likely to die prematurely. To talk about consciousness and its role in longevity, please welcome to the stage the one and only Deepak Chopra. So we, we can start where we left off from the other panel. Do mind-altering drugs expand consciousness? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do you care to... I'll ask. I would love to hear more. I mean, that panel was very intelligent, and yep. they said everything that was needed to be said uh, under controlled conditions with the experts. Um, these drugs can expand consciousness. Okay. So my first experience was when I was 17 in medical school in the year 1969. And it was mind-boggling, and I never felt I needed to try LSD again after that. <laughs> but it, it did open up a new dimension of experience for me. So loneliness. Hmm. 40% of adults report feeling lonely. What do you see as the biggest contributors to the lonely, loneliness epidemic we have here? I would say it's the hypnosis of social conditioning. And uh, everybody these days is conditioned to conform. And conditioning has been happening for thousands of years. We started with mythological conditioning and then philosophical and religious theological conditioning, now scientific conditioning, and now conditioning through the media so, and social networks, which says that your selfie is the most important thing, which reinforces your sense of uh, the separate self, which is, again, a socially induced hallucination. The separate self actually doesn't exist. So you talk about in your new book, MetaHuman, this concept of waking up. Why do you think we need to be woken up right now. 
We need to be woken up because everyone right now here in this room is experiencing a lucid dream in a vivid now. You right now are experiencing a lucid dream in a vivid now, which is based on a consciousness misunderstanding. So our current concept of reality is that this is the real world, that what we call the physical world is the way we experience it. That's number one. That's called naive realism. <laughs> and the second part of that same problem, hard problem of consciousness, is that we believe that there's a physical world that exists independent of our experience. None of these propositions can be actually proven. The physical world that you are perceiving right now is a human experience using a human nervous system, which is a very narrow band of experience, the five senses. Other species have their own experiences. So a bat experiences the world uh, through the echo of ultrasound. What is that experience? A snake experiences the world through uh, infrared. A chameleon's eyeball swivel on two different axes. You can't even remotely imagine what this room looks like. <laughs> to a chameleon, on and on. You know, there's a species of butterfly called the painted lady. She has 30,000 lenses that moves like a, move like a kaleidoscope. You have no experience what this would look like to the painted butterfly. She smells the world through her feet and antenna and tastes the world and hears through her wings. So what is reality? And the answer is, it doesn't exist. What you are experiencing is a species-specific human experience that is being tarnished through stories that we've told ourselves through thousands of years. Mythological stories, religious stories, theological stories, philosophical stories, now scientific stories. None of that is true. No story about the universe is the universe. Okay? It's a story about the universe, even if it's a philosophical story. So what does waking up mean? And this is not a new idea, by the way. In Western philosophy, Wittgenstein, he said, we are asleep, our life is a dream. But once in a while, we wake up enough to know that we're dreaming. <laughs> and uh, same thing with the Buddha. This lifetime of ours is transient as autumn clouds. To watch the birth and death of beings is like looking at the movements of a dance. A lifetime is like a flash of lightning in the sky, rushing by like a torrent down a steep mountain. So when the Buddha was asked, are you the Messiah? Are you God? Are you a messenger? He said no to everything. Finally, his disciple um, Ananda, just before his last breath, he said, who are you? And the Buddha said, I'm awake. <laughs> okay, so what do you wake up to? You wake up to the consciousness in which infinite experiences are happening right this moment. Right this second, infinite experiences are happening in an infinite consciousness. May I try something with them? Of course. So let me ask you a question. Are you present right now? Yes. Can you be a little more enthusiastic? <laughs> Are you present right now? Yes. 
good. So let me ask you the same question, and this time don't answer it till I raise my hand, okay? Are you present right now? That is what we call presence, right? It's a window into fundamental reality. The awareness of a thought is not a thought. The awareness of an emotion is not an emotion. The awareness of a perception, which we call this body and this world, this body actually doesn't exist. It's a verb. It's constantly changing as an intermittent stream of perceptions. So is this world. So the world, and you know, the Sanskrit word for this is jagat mithya, which means the world appearance that's constantly changing, and it includes your body and mind. So awareness is intrinsically free of all experiences. In fact, it's most alive in the absence of experience. Therefore, it's most alive and most creative at death. Okay? Awareness is most creative post physical death, because it's free of all experience, free to create. Create what? Infinite experiences. <laughs> so what is awareness? It's a field of infinite possibilities. It's formless. If it had a form, you'd be able to see it. But because it's formless, it's also infinite. And because it's infinite, it can create infinite experiences. And because it's infinite, it has multitudes of dimensionality in which it can experience itself. So today, the physics models are talking about multiverses. Well, they exist. They exist in infinite consciousness, and you are that consciousness. But we've been bamboozled into the idea that we are a body-mind, separate from the universe, having this experience. You're not a body-mind, because the body-mind is also an experience. So how, how does everyone in this room go about accessing this higher consciousness that ultimately allows us to you know, let go of our material possessions, our stuff, and realize our potential? You don't have to let go of your stuff. You don't identify with it. You don't have to let go or stop taking care of your body, but you don't identify with it. You don't have to sharpen, stop sharpening your mind. You don't identify with it. And that comes through contemplative ways to do it. Reflective self-inquiry, um, self-realization, uh, awareness of perceptual experience without identifying it, breaking it down. Perceptual experience can be broken down into several components. We call it qualia. Qualia, qualia means quality of experience. So mindful awareness of perceptual experience, mindful awareness of the body mindful awareness of what's happening inside, in, which can be intuition, but also what we call introception. It's a process. Mindful awareness of mental space. Mindful awareness of the web of relationship. And ultimately, awareness of being aware. The more we practice these slowly, building up, the more our identity shifts from body-mind world to the source of body-mind world. Because there's no system of thought. In these days, we're very proud when we have scientific explanations for things. Is it measurable? Well, my friends, if it is measurable, it's not real. Okay? <laughs> anything that you can measure, 
anything that you can measure, see, touch, taste, smell, perceive, think about, imagine, conceptualize is not real. Why? Because it's an evanescent, transient, ephemeral, ungraspable experience that is born as soon as it dies. That moment that I entered the stage is dead. By the time you hear these words, they don't exist. Okay, so yes, this is a lucid dream. And we need to wake up from the dream to that which is dreaming. And then you have access to infinite dreams. And that's fun. <laughs> so. That's better than any trip you can take. Because then you're tripping all the time. <laughs> and by choice. I love it. So mental health is a huge issue right now. What do you think is happening that's leading so many issues of mental health? You know, we talk about mental health all the time. If I asked you, define the mind, none of you would be able to answer that question. Can you define the mind? It's right here. See? Such a big <laughs> answer, right? <laughs> right here. So yeah, the brain is the objective correlate of the conditioned mind. That's true. But mind as properly defined, and this is, it comes from lots of work, not mine, but many interesting people who go into theory of mind. So Dan Siegel is one of them, but there are others. So mind is defined as an embodied, which means it's in your body, and relational process that regulates the flow of energy and information. Once again, mind is an embodied and relational process that regulates the flow of energy and information in an ecosystem. This is an ecosystem of relationships. Once you understand that, then you realize that mind has no location. It has no location here. It has no location anywhere. Non-local. It's non-local. <laughs> Once you understand that it's non-local, then what is the cause of mental illness? Being local and thinking you are local, basically the separate self. You know, again, in Buddha's uh, philosophical system, the separate self is the cause of all suffering, right? Mm -hmm. In the great wisdom tradition of Vedanta, the five causes of human suffering, one is you don't know who you are. You are identifying with your body-mind. Second is grasping and clinging at experience that is ungraspable. No experience is graspable. It comes and goes like this, okay? Third is fear of impermanence, which is, of course, happening right this moment. Everything is impermanent on the level of experience. Fourth is identifying with the default mode network or your ego. Yeah. And the fifth is the fear of death. And they're all intimately connected. And so at some point or the other, if you are even a healthy person, you will have what is called existential anxiety and existential depression. You will have it. And your body will be inflamed as well. It will have biological consequences. So there's no psychological solution to this. There's no emotional solution to this. There's no drug solution to this. There's only a spiritual solution to this. To recognize yourself as a timeless being having a time-bound experience. That timeless being, when you're totally grounded in that timeless being, that's real flow. Because so, it's based on transcendence. No system of thought, including mathematics, can give you a clue to what reality is. 
unless you know what the source of thought is, which is you, before it gets conditioned. So something else that's come up here quite a bit, and you've done a lot of work here, is purpose. What advice do you have for people who are struggling to find their purpose? Well, on a, on a daily, mundane level, ask yourself, what would I do if I had all the money in the world and all the time in the world, and who would benefit? That'll give you a clue. But ultimately, there's only one purpose, to wake up, period. Because then everything is solved. You can write any story, you can dream any story, and you can create any story, and you can embed yourself in the story, knowing that it's a story. Like a great Shakespearean actor, your destiny is to play an infinity of roles, but you're not the roles you're playing. So consciousness, something we've talked about here today, we've talked about mind-altering drugs. We've talked, what, what does a moment of higher consciousness look like, and what can we do to work toward that? It's freedom. It's freedom from all human constructs. Total freedom from human construct. Your body is a human construct. It doesn't actually exist as a thing, as a noun. You were once a, a fertilized egg. Then you were a zygote. Then you were an embryo. Then you were a baby. Then you were a toddler. Which one is the real you? Okay, this is an intermittent experience that you're having. So is the mind. So the only solution is waking up to your infinite, timeless being that is not subject to birth or death, because birth and death are also constructs based on provisional false identity. So what does waking up feel like? Freedom. You dance with the universe, uh, because you are the ecstatic dance of the universe. And so today, do you think something we've talked about previously at this event, uh, community and digital world. And we talk about freedom. I think about what's happening digitally in connection. How do we find authentic community and how does this play into this? Well, three spiritual principles that come from all traditions, but particularly in the Eastern wisdom traditions. Seva, which means service. Satsang, which means gathering like this. Satsang is not a, not a gathering for those who are seeking the truth but haven't found it. And Simran, which is remembrance to your true identity as the eternal, timeless, infinite being. Those three things. Seva, service, satsang, community. Simran, remembering who you really are. And this can be facilitated through online and offline Communities. We need to create those communities. If we want a more peaceful, just, sustainable, healthier, and joyful world, we need to build those communities of service, remembrance, which is spiritual practice, and satsang, this kind of dialogue that you're doing all these three days. This needs to be a constant dialogue in all communities everywhere in the world. And we can do it because we have the technology. So what are, what are we as a wellness community not talking about enough? We're not talking about reality. We're talking wellness is all about optimizing your physical health or now these days emotional health and emotional intelligence. Wellness is not the same thing as well-being. 
Okay? Well-being is a state of being, which means state of consciousness. So if I asked you a question right now, then you don't have to answer it. Just answer it to yourself intuitively on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 is life sucks. Okay? Couldn't be worse. And 10 is the best life ever. Now just intuitively grade yourself. If you scored 8, 9, or 10, you're thriving. If you scored 5, 6, and 7, you're struggling in some area of your life, whether it's physical, sleep, stress management, personal relationships, emotions, nutrition, exercise, whatever, polybagel theory, uh, all of that. You're struggling somewhere, and uh, you need to address it. And if you scored less than 5, you're suffering, and you're going to have a crisis. This is good data based on a very simple question. What is the quality of your life right now? You don't even have to be specific. Of course, it includes things like physical exercise, career well-being, social well-being, community well-being, financial well-being. But what we're not addressing is spiritual well-being, which is the solution to all these problems. Mm. I love that. Okay, we're going to open it up for questions, guys. All right, good one from Paige. How does consciousness relate to anxiety? So anxiety is a modified form of consciousness, which is mind, and that's fear. Fear is the anticipation of pain in the future because you had pain in the past. past. Anger is the remembrance of past pain. Hostility is the desire to get even. Guilt, shame, and mistrust is blaming yourself. And depression and anxiety is the final end product. Another good Pure one. consciousness or awareness of anxiety is intrinsically free of anxiety. Another good one from uh, Sarah Brooks. How have you become evolved enough to not fear death? I think death is a false construct, so you don't buy into it. Uh, death. You die if you identify with birth. Birth and death are the continuum of life. They're not opposites. Life is the continuum of birth and death. If you had no birth, you would have no death. And if you had no death, you would have no recycling or rebirth. Right? So what we call physical death is a false construct based on a provisional identity. I hope this is clear. Is it? You don't die because you were never born. Yeah. I have, I have another good one. Only experience is born. <laughs> and that also is a very specific narrow band of experience, not reality. So from Todd McCullough, you say consciousness is being absent of all human constructs, but how do you define being in love with your partner? Do you not have to practice attachment with loving another being? It's a good question. So what is love? Love is not a sentiment or emotion, although that's one of the flavors of love. Love is the ultimate truth at the heart of the universe which is what we call unity consciousness. And you can achieve that with your partner. Another good one from Samantha. What do you suggest to people of short windows of time but still want to find deeper connection? Can I have a true practice in just 10 minutes? Try it. Good luck. <laughs> so what, what, what's, what's the minimum? See, this is a question only that would be asked in this consumer society. <laughs> What's the minimum? You should be awake all the time. If you're not in meditation right now, then it's not meditation. 
if you're not totally centered in your being, it's not meditation. Okay, you carry yourself wherever you go, and what you carry is your presence. Not what you say, not what you think, even though I'm saying this right now and expressing it, it's words. You carry your being with you wherever you go. And that is what is most sacred and most precious and the highest truth. The second highest truth is feeling, which we call love, compassion, joy, empathy, equanimity, all aspects of love. The third highest truth is thinking, but not dogmatic thinking, reflective thinking. And then the last is action. But action with love. Love without action is meaningless, and action without love is irrelevant. But if you have action and love, and carry your being, you're all set. You don't need to meditate. You're so, in meditation. The last question from Emma. As a society, do you think we are currently moving closer or further away from a state of enlightenment? As a society, we are insane. And <laughs> if, you, if you don't agree with that, then you're declaring your own insanity. <laughs> but yes, there are a lot of people who are waking up in the direction of enlightenment, and God bless them because they will change the world. And they don't need to be a lot. A few of them will bring us a more peaceful, just, sustainable, healthier, and joyful world. And it's about time. Amen to that. Thank you, Deepak.